Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. Today, our title of the podcast is what a remote and hybrid workforce means for cloud security. I'm going to be talking to Justin Augett, but before we get started, I want to share a few resilience resources and reminders. In Asphalus News, if you would like to recommend a guest for the podcast, download our five-step crisis strategy that you can use to navigate any business through any crisis, or if you would like to request me, your host, as a speaker for an upcoming program, you can find all of those links in our show notes. In Disaster Recovery Journal News, the DRJ hosts a new webinar every Wednesday. Um, they have a lot of upcoming events and conferences. In addition to, if you would like to have access to their journal, you can also check the show notes for those links. And lastly, if you enjoy those podcasts, we love hearing from you. Uh, if you want to send me a note on social media, just giving us a review of the value that we're providing, or we would greatly appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, wherever you may download your podcast. This helps us to know that we're adding value, and it also helps us to ensure that we find other great listeners and subscribers. So without further ado, Justin, how you doing? I'm great. How are we doing today? Thanks for having <laughs> I, me. I appreciate it. I, look, I'm excited uh, in much an anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I, I certainly appreciate the time with you folks today. Absolutely. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the world of IT? Sure. Yeah, I uh, always appreciate that question. Um, well, I've been in Island now for a little over three years. Um, it's been an uh, it's been an unbelievable experience, quite frankly, just the ride we've been on here. But uh, like many in in marketing and product marketing, um, my first job was out, out of college was software engineering. So I was there, you know, it was a, it was a while ago now. Um, company called EMC in Hopkinton, Massachusetts that was bought by Dell. Uh, I was there for a while and uh, exposed to other areas of the business. And, uh, you know, they gave me great opportunities to move into, you know, other parts of, uh, of the company. And, um, you know, I did have a few stints in other industries for some short periods of time, but, you know, you, you always come back to where your interests lie. And for me, that's uh, IT and it's uh, IT marketing specifically. And so a little birdie told me that you are from Germany? Uh, well, my family's from Germany. Yeah, um, that's that's. I have an unusual. My last name is you're not not you're not likely to run into many people with my last name. So if you do, I know them probably. That's that's likely. So <laughs> you know what what part of Germany? Uh the Heidelberg area, actually. Uh, for anyone, it's uh, south of Frankfurt. So, okay. Yeah. I've flown into Frankfurt and I've been to Berlin. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, great to have you. So, um, you know, remote work has definitely evolved over the past few years, especially with COVID being a major contributor to that. And especially for tech companies um, that rely on secure internal servers to help make sure that their workforce can do their work, but also that the information that we're 
managing back and forth is also protected. Um, and now this is so much more mainstream than what it may yeah. have been five to 10 years ago. How have you seen um, remote environments change over the past few years from your perspective? I've been in tech now, um, you know, for dedicated periods of time. Um, the last stint, you know, again, I did some other things in other industries, so it's not as um, it's not as relevant with other industries, but within IT, for sure, um, remote work is an inevitability. Um, and I think we're all seeing that now in other industries as well. It wasn't at the time, but for sure, the last 10 years have been a lot of remote-friendly IT companies. You know, the, um, the reality is, as a hiring manager, um, if your business doesn't depend on a physical location, you know, um, you're able to pursue the best talent wherever they are. So I really think it's as simple as that. So I personally think offering the ability to be remote um, is a competitive advantage from a talent perspective. Now that said, not every company is built that way. We know that for sure. Um, especially over the last few years, the folks that have had to, to be in the office or be in their, um, their workplace, you know, for the benefit of everybody. Um, remote, remote work's not always possible. So, you know, um, there were some companies that were forced to adapt uh, to those sort of um, logistics, um, how to work together, you know, how to be productive, how to manage your time, those kinds of things. So, you know, some went through some growing pains for sure. Um, even companies that had a remote, you know, workplace, you know, that but went from, you know, 50 or 60% remote to 100% remote, there were some growing pains there. Um, but ultimately, um, I think we've established, at least in IT, that remote work can be extremely beneficial to the organization. People have learned how to become productive and be productive um, at home. Uh, and, you know, as a result of that, that's, I think, a benefit for employees. Yeah. Well, we are that company. We are 100% virtual yeah. and everybody on our team is in a different state. I think it's like five different locations in three different time zones. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. There you go. Same here. I mean, the same here for sure. So there's lots of logistics. I mean, it's calendar, it's, it's calendar logistics for sure. Yep. You know? And I think like much more intentionality in terms of like relationship building. Yeah. I think you, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, sometimes you got to turn on the camera, right? Because we're not able to go and, uh, you know, be, see people at a restaurant or in an office or something. Um, you know, you got to build that relationship. Um, phones are, I would say, okay. Zoom is good. Uh, Zoom with cameras better. And, you know, in person is where we're all looking to get back to, right? And small tangent, um, I teach a group of students at Savannah State and I require them to, to have their video on. And what uh, they shared yeah. with me was that they were happy to be held accountable to where to have a video because some professors that, that they've experienced just don't require that. So they're not as engaged. So I mean, from a learning perspective, you know, it's like they want to be engaged. They, they want to talk, they want to feel seen. And I think we might, you know, we can get so relaxed <laughs> right. to where, like we're not being intentional, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately we're at work. And wherever that work is, if it's at your house or if it's at, you know, wherever, you know, shared space, whatever it is, it's work. And so be ready for work, be attentive. You know, that's that's exactly the kind of growing pains that I think some people had to get used to, um, you know, but I think we're I am, for the most part, I think we're there. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you talked about some of the other companies where, hey, you may not have had the opportunity to be 100 percent, you know, remote. My husband's company is in financial services, so they had to go into the office. A, a large number of people did not, but significant people mm -hmm. did, right? Mm -hmm. So with remote work being, quote unquote, a new normal, um, what are your recommendations for, you know, whether it's a small business or a large business on what they need to do to remain resilient, uh, specifically from a cloud security perspective? Yeah, uh, well, you know, you're... Uh... 
you're, you're speaking our language now. So, um, you know, resilient, that's a word we use all the time. And it's, it means a lot of things. So maybe I break it down in, in a few different ways. So if you talk about what that new normal is, um, you know, from my perspective, um, more people are remote and, you know, therefore our critical data is more distributed. And it's really, you know, to me, that means that, you know, we can no longer rely on a you know, a single form of business protection. So this is sort of the protection element of resilient. We have to become more comfortable with the idea of multiple layers of protection. Um, you know, the idea of a silver bullet, it doesn't really exist anymore. We're no longer behind a central firewall. So everyone's in a different place. So to me, that sort of requires multiple approaches uh, to protecting, you know, the company's valuable assets in terms of data, that kind of thing. Second, um, I think you don't have to go far on the news, uh, new threads, news threads to see that physical and digital threats um, to the business uh, have increased dramatically. Um, I mean, it's 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 pretty scary. Um, there seems to be a new ransomware, um, you know, headline every day. Um, last one being this, uh, you know, log4j, log4shell vulnerability that you know was a big is, is still a big deal, and, and admins are are working to to contain and to remediate. So it's real. And again, you know, it does require multiple levels of protection uh, to safeguard security backup and disaster recovery. But, you know, for, for, you know, what they call zero day vulnerabilities, like what we just had with this log4j, it's not really about preventing it. It's more about responding quickly to it. So it's, there's never necessarily one way to, you know, again, back to this idea of a silver bullet. Um, it's, it's all the above. It's people, it's process, um, and it's tech to make it actually, you know, to get you to a place where your, where your data is safe. Um, the third part that, you know, we look at when we talk about resilience isn't necessarily about data loss or theft. It's, you know, it can also mean the ability to just meet your, um, your service levels. You know, if you're an IT administrator and you have certain service levels, you're looking to meet for your customers at the application level performance, et cetera, you know, in the new normal, um, you know, more employees and customers are doing their work, uh, they're purchasing their, you know, they're, they're online. Can you make sure that that infrastructure that's supporting those activities is uh, ready um, to support that surge in performance demand, in security demand? You know, while also keeping in mind, um, you know, that uh, we know that money doesn't go to the sky, right? So you, companies need to be cognizant of how to keep their infrastructure flexible with these surges in, you know, performance and security, which can, you know, we can, you know, inform and impact uh, their costs. So. You know, the top line, their bottom line, et cetera. So in other words, you know, choosing the right service, you know, that ultimately, um, you know, is right for your applications and your business and what you expect, you know, your customers, your, how your customers, uh, you know, engage with you on, uh, you know, online. It's really that simple um, in making sure you're not overspending or, you know, in some ways looking at it, you know, not underspending as well. So um, last question for you before I uh, wrap up. So what recommendations or what suggestions might you have in terms of what organizations or what ways organizations can train their people? Because you said it right, it's it's people. And it's yeah. understanding the processes, the, the policies and the systems, um, how, how can they train their employees to remain cognizant of security practices while also working from an alternate location? Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, we have at Island is a dedicated compliance team, um, you know, and that's honestly, that's been invaluable. They do, you know, a number of things really well, two of which, um, number one is help our customers with their compliance questions and their requirements from a cloud perspective, wherever they are geographically, whatever industry they're in. 
but you know from our perspective they they keep us aware of um and cognizant of um of any potential threats any current threats you know and they they keep us on our toes and i think that's important to, to call it out exactly like that you know they do that through regular communications um you know they're always consistent with what they're saying so they're you know reiterating and reiterating over and over again um how to you know how to operate online remotely so that we're not you know you're, you're not subject to you know phishing attempts and other things you know so when we see an email from the compliance team you know we know that uh you know they're we know they're doing a great job they're keeping us aware um you know maybe they've seen a new threat or they're aware of a new threat maybe they prevent maybe the team has prevented a threat so that you know we dial it up a little bit but ultimately it's communication over and over continuing to train all the employees about what the threats are um and then you know again you know answering questions and and um sometimes repetition is critical there right well, thank you so much for, for that response. Um, I think our listeners are always looking for, you know, where can I go to find more and to learn more? By chance, what resources can you share with our listeners? Yeah, um, so we've got a, a website that we we pack full of things, um, but let me simplify it a little bit, right? So it's, it's ILAN.com. There's a resources section. And, you know, depending on where you are in your sort of uh, journey, um, you know, data protection, DR, or even your cloud journey, you can look at, you know, you know, quick resources in terms of data sheets, you can look at more extensive researches, uh, resources in terms of white papers, if you want validation of how uh, customers in your industry maybe have fared, um, you know, in their attempts to go to the cloud and how, you know, what they've done with iLand, you know, we have plenty of customer success stories as well. And then, you know, the, you know, the all important demonstration, I want to see how this thing works. So we've got plenty of those kinds of uh, resources available too. So really, you know, whatever, whatever part of the, the journey that you're on, there's usually an asset uh, to support that, um, you know, and make that easy for you to understand what our, what we do for, what we do for companies and, you know, how we work with them and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, island.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.